Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Joe Suchere. Let's go to Brown University. I know it well, sir. One of four to be named after a color. Navy, brown, crimson, rose. Auburn, navy, brown, and Sienna. Yeah, Sienna. (laughs) What's up? Brown University is implementing a change to its graduate school application that will allow applicants to self-identify as persons of color. Multiple efforts by the college fix to clarify the details of this change were ignored by campus officials. The policy comes as a result of complaints made by graduate students on the Graduate School Advisory Board that international and Asian American students are not treated as members of historically underrepresented groups by the university, according to the Brown Daily Herald. One graduate student, Lydia Kilo-Bennett from Diversityville, told the Herald that this decision has led to institutional invisibility for these students. Brown defines historically underrepresented groups as American Indian, Alaskan, Native, African American, Hispanic, or Latinx. Latinx. I didn't know that was a word. It was Latinos. And Native Hawaiian. Native Hawaiian, they're Americans. And or Pacific Islander. The school's diversity initiatives are intended to benefit members of these groups. <laughs> Brown's criteria for historical underrepresentation caused some students to not receive invitations to certain events, such as a multicultural student dinner. Ah. Yeah. You're always available. How allowing applicants to self-identify as people of color will affect policy relating to the diversity initiatives and whether the university will take any steps to verify applicants' self-identification remain unclear. Brown University, you say. This is not institute. This is university. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Reached by email, campus spokesman Brian Clark provided a link to an article from Brown's online news department celebrating the graduate school's most diverse class to date. Uh, when pressed about the change to the graduate school application, specifically how the option to self-identify as a minority differs from the standard ethnicity queries and other college campus uh, applications. Clark gave no 
response. Other universities allow students to identify a certain way in order to qualify for admissions or receive various benefits. The University of California, Davis, awards financial grants to students who identify as LGBTQQAAPPIIQQDD1. Now you're leaving several out. And in recent years, several all-women's colleges have permitted men who identify as women to apply. Okay. Uh, might as well stay with the, uh, the academy. All right. And get it over with. Garrison Keeler. Uh, the term freshman will be phrased out at Trinity College in Dublin as a concrete expression of the university's commitment to gender equality. Uh, the term freshman will be phased out uh, because it's it's uh, it's not whatever. Uh, Vice Provost Chris Barash and Student Union President Kevin Keene called it a small but important change in an email to students. The change will take place over the next three years. We want Trinity to be as inclusive as possible, Keene said. Uh, he added that Trinity College can be an intimidating place for new students, so anything that can be done to reduce that is important and welcome. Yale University in September announced that it will stop using freshmen and upperclassmen and replace those terms with first year and upper level. The University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill uh, nixed the term freshman in 09. Uh, okay. And you're still a high school freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, or same in college. They can't stop people from thinking that. Oh, au contraire. Oh, we will train you. Might as well stay with the academy. Huh? Yeah, there's news every day. St. Paul Public Schools is reprinting report cards for close to 300 students after their first quarter grades were misreported. I'm going to ask you a question at the end of this. Okay. School District Spokeswoman Toya Stewart-Downey said teachers last week were given an extension on a deadline to input their grades, but report cards were printed before the changes were made. The district is mailing correcting grades uh, to the homes of 250 students at Open World Learning and 39 at Murray Middle School. Stewart-Downey said the district said the district's web portal, which also displays grades, was not affected by the error. Uh, Quendi Raymond scolded her son Malachi, a sophomore at Open World Learning, when his report card showed a B instead of an A minus he'd earned in chemistry. She's upset the district made the mistake and didn't tell parents sooner. Grades are a big deal in our house, she said, and her name is Quendi. Uh, Stuart Downey said the district sent parents an email and phone message about the error on Monday. What was needed here? What's needed for these people? More money. Oh. They need more money. Oh, I was thinking more technical. Oh, no. This had is I a had money a... problem. Yeah. They don't have enough. They need more. we got to throw some more money at that. They'd... Otherwise, if we threw some more money at it, problems would be solved. Well, it, they would go away, wouldn't go they, Go right away. If I had a B in chemistry. You'd be happy as I would, I would so have would I. I'd be celebrating. champagne. Me as too. As a seven, seventh grader, I would have said, Mom and Dad, look at this. Here. Here's champagne. Here's a... I, I think uh, I, I just have an aside that's apropos of nothing. I'm yeah. not sure I've ever offered it before. What is that? I think it's axiomatic that the more schools are named uh, open world life. open world learning, that the quality of education goes down. They should be named after uh, neighborhoods or 
uh, presidents yeah. or historical figures. Talk show hosts. Yeah. Right. Who in the hell knows? See, that's another thing. Open heart surgery elementary, right. and it doesn't <laughs> work for them. Well, that's another thing. Who in the hell knows where open world learning is? No idea. No but clue. But if you tell me, hey, that go, my kid goes to Groveland. Then I, I know I where it is. I have a pretty good guess. I know where it is. Right, right. He's going to Roosevelt. Yep, I'm pretty sure I know where that is. I'm going to Space Academy. I nope. have no idea where nope. you are. Nope. It's almost like bad lake names. It really is. It really is. Why not just name these you know, Puss Elementary? Ew. I know someone that teaches at one of those charter schools that has the, the space theme in it. Yeah. And she asked everyone to put on the uh, like the astronaut onesie. Really? Yeah, no. It's, it's, no, I'm not joking. I'm not going <laughs> to name this person. But uh, yeah, open world learning. Give me a break. Right. If open, you go to open world learning, you might as well be sending in ten cents in an Ovaltine wrapper yes. someplace. Open turkey sandwich elementary. Give I know me. it's a cooking school. You but know, you still don't know where it is. I don't know where it is. No, used to know where the schools were. Yeah. They've, they've you, taken that away. You, the could name, you could name any school in my day in the metro area, in the entire metro. Mm-hmm. I could tell you where it is. Linwood. It's on Linwood between, okay. uh, you know. That's enough for me. Lynn, you knew where it was. Osceola. Right. Yeah. Which is weird. It's called Linwood. But it's on Osceola, which is a block south of uh, block north of Linwood. But as you uh, as you discuss directions with the two gals that pulled up, this is this is the Linwood area. You're, no, no, I was in the Crocus Hill area. Oh, dang it! Huh? Yeah. That's why they were confused. I bet. Got it. The high schools in St. Paul used to be Wilson, Murray, Mechanic Arts, Humboldt, Highland Central, Johnson, Harding. Everybody knew where they were. Votech in Minneapolis. I don't know where this crap is. Yeah. Open world. Right. Uh, you know what though? It's a ray of hope that at the open world school, they're at least they at least have a chemistry class. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, are they learning traditional chemistry? We don't we don't really know that. Quite a shocker that they have chemistry yeah. class. That's that's pretty good. Ready? Another quiz? Nope. I know I talk about it a lot, but it's terribly important. Hennepin County Board OKs Bidet Makaska. Anyone surprised? Not surprised. I think we called it. The Hennepin County Board on Tuesday gave final approval, as expected, to changing the name of Lake Calhoun back to its original Dakota name. Not that anyone can actually. Prove that. The board voted four to three to change the name to Bidet Makaska, pronounced Bidet Makaska. I think I pronounced it, didn't I? I think you did. Meaning White Earth Lake. It ratified a decision made last week on the same vote by a committee of the board. The proposed change now goes to state and federal agencies, which must approve it before it becomes official. I used to think that wisdom would prevail. I hold out no hope for that. Yeah, it's getting worse. Board Chairwoman Jan Callison again offered an amendment to adopt the dual names of Lake Calhoun, Bidet, Makaska, even though the U.S. Board of Geographic Names, which has the final say, sent a letter saying that dual names for a lake weren't permitted. You know, I would love to work for the uh, U.S. Board of Geographic Names. Where do you want to live, I'm California? Seeing a, I'm seeing a cluttered <laughs> office with maps and globes. Oh, and yeah. Reference books. 
But then, of course, yeah, you see a cluttered office, but then when you go to the official maps, I see a room with, with precision folders, the special ones. I'm seeing the tweed sport coat with oh, the yeah. leather elbow oh, yeah. patches. Yeah. I'd have to take up pipe smoking. Get out, be great. get out of my head. Because I was just going to say, and there would be a pipe sitting <laughs> on the desk. Got to have a pipe. God, yep. you two are weird. Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> it's pretty sad. Pathetic. Uh, commissioners Debbie Gettle. Remember her name if you ever care to vote. Marion Green. Remember her name if you ever care to vote. Linda Higgins. Remember her name if you ever care to vote. And Peter McLaughlin, remember his name, if you vote, they voted for the name change. While Callison, Jan Callison, Jeff Johnson, and Mike Opat voted against it. They are to be congratulated. There you go, Michael. <clears throat> McLaughlin, who had recommended Bidet Makaska to the board, said the action would demonstrate the country, the country's leadership. I think he means the county. I'm sorry, I mispronounced it. He said the action would demonstrate the county's leadership in trying to build a stronger community. B as in B, S as in S. It has nothing to do. They're hiding behind that. It has nothing to do with building a stronger community. Not one thing. And and McLaughlin, you cannot possibly demonstrate how that could be true. It's a positive contribution to the county, he said. Well, maybe, but it's a negative contribution to the country. In May, the Park and Rec Board unanimously approved the name Bidet Makaska. Of course they did. And they'll be patting themselves on the back, probably have a cake party or something like that. Or American Indians who once lived along the lake called it Bidet Makaska, as far as we know. But federal surveyors in the early 1800s named the lake after U.S. Secretary of War John Calhoun, who had sent them to the area to prepare for Fort Snelling's construction, Calhoun, who went on to become vice president and a U.S. senator from South Carolina, was an outspoken supporter of slavery. So what? They didn't name two things. So what? Three things. So what? Two, they didn't name the lake for him precisely because of his favoring slavery. And three, uh, he was no different than any other resident of South Carolina. It's unfortunate. Right. Uh, It's just the way the country was then. But to feel safe, to feel safe, you could introduce safety. To remove the history of. To feel safe, you have to get rid of that. Uh, For that reason, a petition with hundreds of signatures prompted the Minneapolis Park Board in 2015 to explore changing the name of the lake. Opponents have argued that the Calhoun name is valuable to the city despite the history behind it. There is no history behind it. Because when they say history behind it, what they're implying is that it's the history of slavery, which had nothing to do with the surveyors naming it for Calhoun. Nothing. Nothing. More than 300 residents along the lake signed a petition uh, in September saying they did not support the change. They were ignored. Earlier this month, a group called Save Lake Calhoun ran a half-page ad in the Star Tribune urging residents to lobby their commissioners to keep the Calhoun name. For as long as there's been a Minneapolis, there's been a Lake Calhoun, the ad said. Didn't make any difference to these self-appointed guardians of virtue. Remember their names, Debbie Gettle, Marion Green, Linda Higgins, and Peter McLaughlin. And the reason you should remember them is do you have any reason at all, do you have any evidence at all 
that they wouldn't be party to other name changes. No, you don't. And then what's next? You have no reason to believe they wouldn't do this again, and they will. And they, uh, they know not what they're doing. They're not terribly wise people. They don't take the long view. They do what makes them feel good. They, it's, it's emotional. It's capricious. It, it means nothing except they have felt good now for 10 minutes because they think they've patched up relationships with the Dakota. It's all B as in B, S as in S. They're, they're, they're dismantling American history. Joel? Yeah. Sorry, I'm just going back to a, a, a matter that you had brought up earlier in the show. If you, mm-hmm. if you go to your phone, we do have confirmation that we were right about Tom Hanks. My phone? Yeah, I just forwarded you a piece of information that was just, oh, just sent. Somebody is accused. There's no last name. It's just one name. It's just a minute. I'm on my phone. Yeah, I just sent it to you. Yeah. It. Uh, can we release the name of this? Uh, uh, Wilson? It's just Tom one Tom Hanks, touch me. Wilson. <laughs> the volleyball. The soccer ball or the volleyball or whatever they all from, was uh, when he was on the island. What's it called? Uh, yeah. Crash? Who sent this? That was from my brother-in-law. Uh-huh. That's pretty good. Tom Hanks, touch me. Well, there goes Hanks. Wilson. His <laughs> reputation is down the tubes. We did get an email there, though, that said one that would surprise him. In all seriousness, Ron Howard. Well, I'm still putting Hanks on that list, too. Ron Howard. I'll add Ron Howard Ron Howard would surprise me. I'm going to add you another one. Jeff Bridges. The dude? Mm Mm-hmm. Got a long-term, seemingly happy marriage. Yeah, And he seems like a guy with his his wits about him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, you know, that's just like... like Your uh, opinion, man. Your opinion, man. I'm going to add Bridges. Okay, what was the name of that movie? Oh, I can't think of it. Not Crusade, not Survivor. What, the Tom Hanks movie? Castaway. 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 That's it. Thanks, Wilson. We'll be back. That's why I'm here. I know. We'll be back in just a moment. John, as is our custom. Yes. Connie, go ahead, please. Well, I was just going to add, how about Dr. Phil to that list? No, I don't count him. He's not a movie star. Well, he's out in the public. Ah, he's a fruitcake. Okay, I just (laughs) thought I'd bring it up. All right, thank you. Here's John Hyde. You know, I, I don't mean this in a bad way, but I, it wouldn't surprise me at all if Dr. Phil... Me neither. Yeah. It's sunny, 45 degrees. This update brought to you by the Duluth Trading Company. Visit Duluth Trading Company stores in Fridley, Bloomington, and downtown Duluth. Timberwolves, they're right back at it tonight after losing to the Wizards last evening. Got to get right back on the horse, John. How about like Denzel exactly. Washington? Yeah, I, I, that'd be a tough one to... Yeah, that would, that would surprise me. All right. Yep. The Timberwolves are at New Orleans. Number 12 Minnesota Gophers in action tonight, and they're playing another ranked team. They're what time a, is that game, John? What time is that game, 8, Chris? 8.15 tip. Is that 8, a 15. TV? Uh, yeah, it's on the deuce. Courtesy? They're right. doing a double We're going mm-hmm. dose on that. Which might mean it might be closer to 8.20-ish, 8.30, mm-hmm. which means she'll be wrapping up just before 11 o'clock. <laughs> Gophers at home against number 10 Miami. I'm excited to watch. That'll be a good ball game tonight. Yeah, let's go for that one. <laughs> 
wild off until Thursday. Uh, Zach Parise. I think she's at book club tonight, so I might just watch that whole entire game. I think you're lying now, right? Yeah. I, I do. Zach Parise skated before the wild practice for the first time since his back surgery, October 24th. Of course, it'll be a while before he is back. News notes from today, the city of St. Anthony approving a $675,000 settlement for emotional distress with Diamond Reynolds, the girlfriend of Philando Castile, at a meeting last night. City of Roseville and League of Minnesota Cities also will pay $125,000, bringing the total settlement to $800,000. The vote was unanimous. The settlement does not assume guilt on behalf of any of the parties involved, but it does put an end to any legal proceedings regarding the shooting in the future. Reynolds in the car with her young daughter when Castile was shot by St. Anthony police officer Euronimo Yanez in Falcon Heights in July of 2016. Reynolds, of course, capturing the moments after the shooting on Facebook Live. That video went viral. Eden Prairie police say a man was arrested on suspicion of DWI Tuesday afternoon after driving a truck into a hotel. Nobody was hurt when the truck crashed into the extended Stay America Hotel on Technology Drive. It happened about 1.30 yesterday afternoon. A recent uptick in DWI arrest prompted the department to post the incident to its website today. They say 13 people have been arrested on DWI suspicion in the past eight days, including two yesterday afternoon. Police uh, say they are taking the opportunity to remind drivers of the consequences of driving impaired, noting that 2015 drunk driving contributed to 95 deaths statewide. Meanwhile, last night, neighbors startled awake when a car plowed through a Lauderdale street sign and lights before crashing into a service station. The vehicle was traveling along Larpeter near Eustace Street just after 11 p.m. when it plowed into the signs and lights, eventually hitting the station. A witness said it took a few minutes for everyone to figure out what had happened. The witness said it took about 15 minutes to figure out there was a fellow inside the vehicle. They were able to pull him out. He did come out walking. He was transported to Hennepin County Medical Center. No word on his condition. Donald Trump Jr. now has agreed to meet with the House Intelligence Committee as soon as next week, giving lawmakers their first chance to question President Trump's eldest son over his contacts with Russians during the campaign season. Trump Jr.'s highly anticipated testimony, scheduled for December 6th, comes as he has faced growing questions on Capitol Hill about the June 2016 meeting at Trump Tower where he met with Russian operatives after being promised dirt on Democratic presidential candidate Hillary Clinton. American Airlines Group is working to resolve a scheduling fault that gave time off to too many pilots in December. <laughs> that leaves some flights without enough crew to handle the holiday rush. Oh, boy. The glitch is causing... Can we get that airport passenger assistant up here to fly the plane, please? That is some bad planning, isn't it? <laughs> the glitch causing staffing shortages on thousands of flights next month. The Allied Pilots Association, the union representing the carrier's aviators, said in a message to its members today, American spokesman Matt Miller declined to uh, quantify the potential number of flights involved, saying the airline expects to correct the problem and avoid cancellations. How can an industry be that screwed up that's in that much of demand? It is, it is terrible planning. It really it? is. There's always something going on. Mm-hmm. Ameri- Only we could find somebody that could give us some answers. Okay. We need to find out what's going on. What's going on? What's going on? The minute I see you heading for the, the, the controls... Yeah, I'm off the plane. You're off the plane. You're not. <laughs> we got the big autopilot like an airplane. You just you blow up and it starts mm-hmm. flying. You're going to Naples. American is offering pilots 150% of their normal hourly wage to pick up some of the flights. Which the, just means they'll charge more for the flight then. The top rate laid out in the contract. The APA has filed a grievance saying the proposed solution violates its labor contract. 
Union wants input with American to find a solution that will motivate pilots to give up vacation they've already been granted after years of working over the holidays, according to APA spokesman Dennis Tajir. For the first time since the 2016 election, several women who have accused Bill Clinton of past sexual misconduct appeared again together in public today to revive their allegations against the ex-president. The three women, Juanita Broderick, Kathleen Wiley, and Leslie Milwee, recounted accusations against Clinton during a press conference at the National Press Club. Organizers of the press conference initially said another Clinton accuser, Paula Jones, was slated to attend, although she didn't show up. Clinton has long denied the allegations, although he did reach a settlement with Jones in 1999 to drop her sexual harassment lawsuit against him. A spokesman for the former president didn't respond to a request for comments today. It was the first time the Clinton accusers appeared in public since Broderick, Wiley, and Jones joined then-candidate Donald Trump in October 2016 for a highly publicized press conference before the general election debate in St. Louis. Police say a suspect in a shooting at the Montage Condominium Complex in downtown Reno last night is dead. They still haven't released his name, saying only he's in his 20s. Police say the shooter had barricaded himself inside the montage with a hostage. That hostage is okay. No injuries. Police think the suspect and hostage had a domestic relationship. Police say shots were fired by the suspect within the condo and into Sierra Street from the east side of an eighth floor unit. Police evacuated the downtown area, closed several streets, which have now since reopened. It, of course, caused a scare since Reno's proximity to Las Vegas after the shooting in Las Vegas several weeks ago. Suspect was shot by police, died on the way to the hospital. Officer-involved shooting protocol being enacted by Reno police. Besides the death of the suspect, the only reported injury was the superficial hand injury to a citizen. A SWAT team and the sheriff helicopter responded to that scene. It all started last night about 7 o'clock. In Mexico, they do things a little bit differently. Two heads were left in a foam cooler outside the Guadalajara offices of television network Televisa in western Mexico. That's sending a message of some sort. I'd say that's doing things a little differently. The Jalisco State Attorney's Office says the incident is under investigation. They still have not been able to identify who those heads belong to. The cooler was recovered by forensic... What are they asking? Yeah, they come with a little tag. <laughs> yeah, happy birthday. They hey, uh, uh, forget a head. Right, yeah. <laughs> Reuters. Sorry, that's making light of that. Reuters, citing a security official, reported that the cooler contained a threatening note bearing the signature CJNG, the Spanish initials of the Jalisco New Generation Cartel. Organized crime groups have been known to use such tactics in Mexico for intimidation. But that would get your attention, wouldn't it, John? It certainly would. Yeah. So they I'd, make you change like a column that you wrote, Joe? I'd change it, whatever they wanted. Yep. Change. <laughs> yep. Scientific Admit that you're the clue writer now. No, the great denier <laughs> to say it again. <laughs> Scientific testing at what is believed to be Jesus' tomb dates material there to the 4th century, and that supports traditional beliefs surrounding the site. A study, new study, offers no further evidence whether or not Jesus was actually buried at the site in Jerusalem, but was consistent with the historical belief that the Romans built a monument there some 300 years after Jesus' death. It's the first time such testing has been carried out at the site, located at what now is the Church of the Holy Sepulchre and encased in an elaborate shrine. The tests on mortar at the site were done in connection with a recent restoration, which saw the cave where Jesus is believed to have been buried opened for the first time in centuries. 
Antonio Moropoulou, chief scientific coordinator of the restoration work, said the testing was consistent with historical beliefs that the Romans built a monument at the presumed tomb during the era of Constantine the Great in the year 326. Hmm. The dating of the mortar shows historical continuity at the site, stretching through the Byzantine era, the Crusades, the Renaissance period, and beyond. Other monuments were built over at later years. The Church of the Holy Sepulchre houses the shrine today, along with the nearby presumed site of Jesus' crucifixion, the holiest site in Christianity. Let's get uh, your guy, your guy Dan Brown, to write about it. He's not my guy. Bishon. I don't like those, uh, I don't like his books. (laughs) Bishon. Say, uh, weather's next. I have no idea what, what you're attempting to do there. Well, folks, I guess this is it. Much to the surprise of many, but inevitably and indubitably not much of a surprise to a select few. I'm leaving the comfort of public radio over allegations of improper behavior. Farewell and adieu from Lake Wobegon, where the men are above average and and the, the chicks are Hot, hot and fresh and soft to the touch. I like a buttermilk biscuit in my hands, don't you know? And oh, oh dear, yes, oh my. Tony Lee, the greatest. I should say that Dave Dahl's forecast here in Garage Logic brought to you by the Duluth Trading Company with locations in Friendly Fridley, Duluth, and Bloom. You are going to make me follow that. Uh-huh. Sorry, Brad, but we got to get you done. Sorry, bro. 45 right now. Mostly clear skies. Going to be breezy and still mild throughout the night, staying at the freezing point for the overnight low of 32. Southwest winds strong throughout the night, 10 to 20 miles per hour, gusting to 25. Tomorrow, partly cloudy, quiet, and still mild. 42 for the high, but the wind switching around to the northwest at 5 to 15. Clear skies again tomorrow night, down to 31. Then 45 on Friday. 44 Saturday, the first part of the weekend looks dry. Sunday, a slight chance of showers developing, especially in the afternoon, 46. And on Monday, rain becoming mixed with and changing to snow by Monday evening. 44 for the high on Monday, but much colder after that. Tuesday, 28 will be the high. And then on Wednesday, high temperature may get to 24. It may stay in the teens, but right now we're calling for 24. Still some windblown flurries on Wednesday as well. So some snow showers Tuesday turn to flurries on Wednesday of next week. Shock back to reality by the uh, middle of next week. 45 right now. Joe heading for a high today of about 47. And I have the records for the day. November 29. 62. 62. In 1998. In 1998. 25 below zero. 25 below. In 1875. 1875. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. I got to hear Tony Lee again. Because in the beginning, I thought it was... I thought you were playing a news cut from Keeler. No, it sounds just like him. Tony's very talented. Now, here we go. I might hit the button. Well, folks, I guess this is it. Much to the surprise of many, but inevitably and indubitably not much of a surprise to a select few. I'm leaving the comfort of public radio over allegations of 
improper behavior. Farewell and adieu from Lake Wobegon, where the men are above average and and the, the chicks are hot, hot and fresh and soft to the touch. I'm like a buttermilk biscuit in my hands, don't you know? And oh, oh dear, mm, yes, oh my. Outwitted himself. It's been a good time. These are the hands that can't help reaching for you if you're anywhere inside. <laughs> Remember yesterday I mentioned to you owls? Yes. I'm hearing an owl. Yeah. Or more than one owl, mm-hmm. which thrills me. You like that. Does not, uh, does not perturb you. No, I not love perturbed it. perturbed by it. The Star Tribune had a piece today on it. Uh... They're horned owls, and that's what the chief offside correspondent, Dan, alluded to yesterday in a text to me. He thought I was hearing a great horned owl. Ah. Courtship started. Okay, and then that's how they get the nickname, the uh, great horned owl. So they're very horned. Right. The male owl begins hooting on a regular basis. His mate joins him in conversation only for several days before the relationship is to be consummated. Got it. Uh, giving this night's hoo-hooing that would seem imminent. Uh, These owls are in the trees on the far side of the wooded swamp that wades into our yard. This is written by somebody named Jim Williams. Okay. Uh, They're maybe 150 to 200 yards away. If these were songbirds, we would not hear them, even with doors and windows open. Strong and deep in pitch, owl voices travel well. I can say that for a fact. Uh... The calls this night eventually will bring the two birds together. They will finish courtship with a head bobbing ritual that it hey now. that can include. Really? That's part of the antics, huh? They got uh, what like a Halloween party or what's going on? May here? I finish, please? Yeah. That can include bill rubbing and mutual grooming. Rah. Rah. Huh? Right here? Uh-huh. That's right. Uh, they will put their e- they will uh, put their eggs. Who's competing again? The the owls. Okay. Uh, they okay, don't look build. What I got. They they uh, they often use the nests of red-tailed hawks. The hawks might like to move in again, but the owls get there three months sooner. Kind of like an Airbnb, but for owls. That's one way to look at yeah. it. Yeah. Great horned owls are fierce. You, know, you guys can use our place, but you got to be out of there by Sunday because we got Sunday. We got roast for dinner this Sunday night. We're coming back. Ma's going to get mad if you. Yeah. Great horned owls are fierce predators. They will capture, kill, and eat almost anything alive as long as it's no larger than a raccoon. This includes domestic cats. Oh. The owls often share territory with red tailed hawks, but hunt much the same prey. Both uh, hunt much the same prey. The hawk from a hover. The owl from a perch, from their prey for their prey animals hunting, as a day shift and a night shift. Aha! If there is no available hawk nest, the nests of crows, ravens, herons, or even squirrels will do. In other words, the owls are so presumptuous and so haughty that they just say, "This is my house." Right? They're not going to waste time building their own nest. Look here. This, this is, is our party. This now. is my shit. Yeah. This is our party. We'll... I, I have this nest now. This uh, or, is my nest. Or the the owl takes the red uh, tailed hawk aside, the guy, and says, "Hey, oh. you know what I'm feeling? Oh. Things are going well here. Mm-hmm. If you could just give me, a, you know, maybe a couple of days, I'll I'll, I'll put it back to normal. I I'll, bet this is what I'm hearing. The way I found it. 
Two chicks will hatch after a month of incubation. The female has the responsibility. You got any cheap booze, too, because she's really... She doesn't leave the nest, her mate bringing her food. All chicks are eltrical, featherless, blind, and helpless. The opposite is precochial. And she's going to need a little trouble here. I got to kind of guide her around. Did, did you did you think I needed a running commentary? No, no, I just thought uh, the young birds will look like and begin to behave <laughs> as adults. Like this. No, over here. Over here. Yep, I almost got it there. Uh, the owls uh, nest in the middle of winter to give young birds time to hone hunting skills. They need to be independent come winter. They will be floaters for their first year, hanging around the edges of other owl territories. At two years old, the birds will begin to look for a mate. And just after Christmas, like a late present, you might hear them calling. Huh. I'm already hearing them. Very yeah. early. Two years old, huh? They are most Thanks. active vocally just after sunset and before sunrise. Well, the other night I heard one in the middle of the night. Maybe a uh, late bloomer. The male will have the deeper, more mellow voice. The female voice is a bit higher. Three to six notes. Who, 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 who. And you needn't even open the window. Huh. Oh, they make a good racket. Man, they're neat. So who starts the persuasion, you said? Well, they, it's a mating call. They're, That's what I mean. Is it, is the guy throwing it out there? Or yeah, is it but the then she fires back. Gotcha. Like, you, know. you know, I don't know if I'm interested yet. Yeah, what they, else you got? They got it going. Yeah. I had things I wanted to get to today, but uh, got didn't because of Gary's dilemma. Well, you've got... Uh, a lot happening today. Matt. Uh, I can save it till tomorrow. Yeah, okay. I don't care about Matt Lauer. Bleep him. Well, Just a morning he, TV he wasn't hack. a real good guy. Huh? Apparently he wasn't a real good apparently guy. Apparently more and more women are coming forward. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sports is coming up next. Yeah, we got a lot to get to in the world of sports. I think so. Yeah. 1500 ESPN From is the professor. KSTP. <laughs> St. Paul, I'm the professor. Minneapolis, it's uh, whatever yep. it is. 52. It's 52. No, 42. Yeah.